Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to Leading Better and Growing Faster with Joe and TJ. I'm Joe. And I'm TJ. And we are The Schoolhouse 302. Where you can find blog posts, podcasts with expert guests, curated book recommendations, and our genius thoughts. Always on a topic that is proven to help you lead better and grow faster. If you want to support the show, all you have to do is hit us with a like, a share, a follow, or a comment. On our site or on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you access our material. Again, thanks for listening and for leading better and growing faster with us. Here we go with another great episode. I'm Joe and TJ and we are the Schoolhouse 302 and in this episode of Leading Better and Growing Faster this is where we just riff on the topic of teacher retention this is something near and dear to our hearts schools cannot be successful students can't learn if we're not retaining our teachers and our teachers that are staying need to be treated well and we're digging into that today. TJ? Yeah, sure thing, Joe. Thanks for that. You know, when we wrote Building a Winning Team, we were concerned about this in terms of recruiting teachers. When we wrote Retention for a Change, we were concerned about this in terms of retaining teachers. When we wrote Passionate Leadership, we were concerned about this and the passion that's out there and the burnout, the things that are, people are doing differently. When we wrote Candid and Compassionate Feedback, we were concerned about this because teachers aren't getting the feedback necessary for them to grow and be strong enough to stay in the profession over long periods of time. And we just wrote invest in your best with a concern about this because we're really worried that we're going to lose our best teachers. Almost all of our work, Joe, has been about this concern for educators, for administrators, for telling our story, for changing what's going on in the media so that people know the great things that educators are doing. I'm still concerned about it, but there are strategies that school leaders can use. No doubt. And that concern is born out of respect. I think people, you know, sometimes wonder about this profession and, and where the nobility has gone. Well, we would like to believe that the nobility can be brought back, that teachers can be placed in the social circles and professional circles of esteem that they once were. They deserve that. And this is something communities need to support. And that's why we're so focused on teacher retention. And look, we're not naive. We know industries across America, across the globe took a hit after after COVID, people truly started to question their relationship with their work, their relationship with others, and decided, hey, I'm going to make a change. But knowing that, knowing what the situations were like going into COVID and now post-COVID, it's time that as an educational community, administrators and leaders alike join forces to really help sustain the profession and help students learn and really become you know, the success children that they can be, but that starts in schools. It's so true. And that's why I want to give some technical tips to our school leaders out there who are thinking, what can I do this school year to make sure that I lift my teachers, I make them feel valued and appreciated and understood in the profession so that they stay, so that they stick. And as I always say, and I've said it before, I'm really worried about our new teachers and our best teachers because they're the ones that are the most vulnerable and they're the ones out there who deserve a special treatment all teachers do, but we have groups who are quite vulnerable.
people and we need to treat with special strategies. Here's the thing that we have found in our research. 70% of managers say that they praise and celebrate their workers, but 70% of the workers say that they're not praised and celebrated at work. It's the number one thing that we all have access to. And guess what, Joe? It's free. Because a lot of leaders out there are saying, but I don't have a budget to support mentoring. I don't have a budget to support more onboarding. I don't have a budget to buy people things to keep them happy. And that's not necessarily how we make people happy at work. We build pride in our organization for the things that we're doing through what we call specific praise. We'll link to some practice in the show notes, some easy tools that you can use. And so we'll link to that in the show notes. But every leader right now has access to specific praise and celebrating and praising your teachers and they deserve it. We need to learn how to do it. We need to learn how to do it well. And TJ, it's not fluff. We need to be clear about that. Like we're not talking about praise like, hey, job well done or way to go. You know, we're not talking about that is just the start. When we talk about specific praise, it's anchored specifically to the values in which we're championing as a school. That's what lifts the system. When you just tell someone, oh, great job, it lasts that long. The time it takes you to say great job is a time it lasts with that individual. But when you take a few minutes and anchor it to the values, specify specifically why you're praising them, if it's effort, if it's skill, you know, get into the rationale of why. TJ, that's what makes the difference. A hundred percent. And so- you know, people need to know up front what we're looking for, what what the vision is for the future, the values. And then when we praise them for effort towards them, making a change, taking a risk, or for the excellence in their execution, it tells them and reinforces that that's what we want, that they're doing a good job and that they're making a difference. And teachers got into this profession to make a difference and be sure they want to know that they're making a difference and be sure that that's not palpable for them on a regular basis. It's the leader who points that out. A hundred percent. And it's it's the leader's responsibility. So if you're an administrator listening right now, this should be a part of your daily work. How am I lifting the teachers in our system through specific praise? Teach, I'm going to jump into another bucket. And that next bucket really is about helping teachers find more time. And so this is a tough one, right? But there's a few things we can do as administrators to really help teachers find more time. The first thing is reduce the administrative burden. You know, and as a superintendent, Superintendent and TJ being a deputy superintendent, we're sensitive to that. There is a lot of administrivia in our work. I wish we could get past a lot of the red tape. I wish we could get past the bureaucracy, but it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere, but great leaders find ways to protect their teachers from it. But not only that, on days in which you could have like professional learning, are you allowing time for them to just review and reflect, to collaborate, to share ideas? You know, when we talk about common planning time, that always can't be achieved. It's it's a great thing to accomplish, but think about your professional learning and are you able to give them just collaborative sharing time? Are you allowing your first grade teachers just to work together, talk about students, dig into the nitty gritty, the day-to-day, the things
things that really make a difference. That's protecting teachers' time. Trust and value them. Trust that they're the professional. If you want some outcomes that you can share to a broader audience afterwards, ask for the outcomes, but trust your teachers. Help them find more time. If you can reduce things like lunch duty, other duties as assigned, we know it takes an army to run schools and safety and security is of the utmost importance. But if you could somehow flex those times, share responsibilities, use a rolling calendar or cycle in which teachers have those responsibilities, implement those strategies. But at the end of the day, put it on a table and figure out how can I get my teachers more time to do what they do best, which is teach and learn. And there's nothing more frustrating than thinking in the thought in an execution that because we have our teachers for seven and a half hours today on a PL day, that we're going to use seven of it for them learning something new with the curriculum or new strategies or something that we want them to implement. They, It's not just that we're giving them that time back to reflect, Joe, to have the cross-district PLCs or the cross-school PLCs that we don't always get. It's that if we can give them time to reflect on what they're learning, it's more likely that they will implement it. As consultants, we get called in all the time. We'll be told that there's a seven-hour day or there's a seven-and-a-half-hour day. Can you fill six of it? Can you fill six-and-a-half hours? And our advice right off the bat is, yes, we can, but it'd be much more impactful if we filled four and we gave people time back to think, reflect, and make a plan to execute. We're more likely to see things put in practice if we give people the time back to think about what we want them to do and to maybe add it to a lesson plan in the future. So I do want to underscore, just because you have seven and a half hours with your teachers doesn't mean that's the amount of time that they should spend sitting and getting. You don't want that for the kids. We don't want that for teachers. It's definitely a teacher retention strategy to give them time back. And TJ, it makes total sense, right? Just look at mother nature. If you work out, we know whether it's running, lifting weights, yoga, doesn't matter. If you work out, you need the rest. One of the main ingredients to be successful in any type of competitive athletics or even those weekend warriors, you have to rest. Don't look at it as downtime, as frivolous time. Downtime does not mean frivolous time. Downtime can help teachers recuperate, rebuild, rejuvenate. And that's what we want. Those three R's, recuperate, rejuvenate, and rebuild. So any downtime, don't look at it as frivolous time. Good point. It's a major point. It's a, it's a huge point to make because there's school districts that are literally going to four days a week so that their teachers can have more time to rest and rejuvenate so that they can be at their best in front of their students. More on that to come. There's one last strategy, Joe, that I have to mention. That's a teacher retention strategy. There's not a lot of upward trajectory in the profession between teacher and administrator. So the best thing you can do is fill those gaps with teacher leadership, teacher leadership opportunities for the teachers who are getting the work done. Hopefully you can find ways in your system to pay them in a different type of structure, extra pay for extra responsibility, something on a timesheet because they're doing the work. But we need to get teachers motivated outside of just working with students, just planning lessons, and just being that single part of the classroom experience and more of a broad experience, helping their peers, feeling more value. Again, they went into this profession to add value. They can do that in the capacity of a teacher leader. It gives you room to delegate things. It gives responsibility to the teachers. It provides voice. You can't believe what it does. The only thing that we would request is that you don't just appoint people into a leadership position and let them go. They need leadership skills. They were a teacher by trade, not a leader by trade. And leadership and learning are something that has to happen for your teachers to actually grow into the leaders that 
that they can be. Yeah, well said, TJ. You know, we often think that leadership has to come with a title. And before they become teacher leaders, it starts by amplifying and empowering teacher voice in positive ways, constructive ways, bring them to the table. You will build leaders in your school just by involving them. Not every teacher wants to become a teacher leader or do other things. And we fully understand that, but they might have things to say that could truly change the trajectory of the school. And we know this, but they have to have a, a productive and meaningful platform to be able to share their experiences, share their ideas. So when we're talking about going ahead and creating leadership opportunities, the formal ways TJ said is spot on because no principal, no administrative team can do it alone. Schools require an army. Teacher leaders are great for that. But don't forget to amplify and empower your teachers just through their voice. And teacher leaders, because we know teacher leaders are listening, aspiring administrators. What we want you to know is that you have a lot of influence in your school. What Joe said is true. You don't need a title to lead, but teacher leaders have a lot of influence. I'm just going to tell you from personal experience. When I was a department chair of 17 people in my department, whatever I asked them to do, they did it. As soon as I became an assistant principal, not the case anymore. So you have more influence peer to peer than you think you do. There you have it, folks. Another Leading Better and Growing Faster with Joe and TJ. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our podcast. We hope you'll tune in at the schoolhouse302.com. That's the schoolhouse302.com for podcast, blog posts, books to read, and more always on the topic of leadership to help you lead better and grow faster. We'll see you next time. Hey leaders, before you go, one more announcement. We now have available for you our candid and compassionate feedback masterclass. Really, because of high demand, we are thrilled to offer this. This is a course that we run live and in person all the time and leaders love it. They learn to give feedback with skills that they can use right away, including better praise to lift and celebrate your team. It's now available in a virtual online format that you can take on your own, self-paced, from the comfort of your office or home. Here's what you'll get. There are 11 lessons with a focus on nine candor cancellations that we wrote in our Candid and Compassionate Feedback book. These are mistakes that leaders make that we don't want you to make anymore. We'll teach you models so that your feedback is meaningful and we'll give you tools necessary to build the culture that you always wanted. Trust us, without these critical skills, you're not capitalizing on your own capacity to lead better and grow faster. Go to the site, theschoolhouse302.com, click on shop courses, add this course to your cart and start learning today.